we're continuing in the series, Breath of God. And we're talking about, you made me new, we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit biblically. We're not uh, going by what man says on the outside or experiential stuff. We want to see what God says. And uh, we know His Holy Spirit is real. He indwells us and... uh, we want to look at this a little bit more. So if you have your Bibles or devices, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with me a minute. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, but I have a kind of a lengthy introduction to before I get to the Scriptures. How many times have you wrestled I mean, really wrestled with God's will for your life. I mean, God's plan for your life. You, you wrestle that out. God, is this what you want me to do? Is this not what you want me to do? Uh, every believer uh, is, every believer wants to walk the path that their creator has set forth. And we, we, oftentimes think that God is playing hide-and-seek with us about his will. He's, uh, he's doing this over here, but God, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And I was thinking about that a little bit. I thought about certain questions in life people ask that they want God's plan. Uh, I know that some of these uh, students over here will be graduating this year. And they're praying, God, what school should I go to? Or should I go to school at all and, and uh, work? What should I do? So that's a question that's asked. Uh, what should my career be? You know, uh, what should I do out there career-wise? Who should I marry? Should I marry? Uh, this is a question that often is asked. Uh, should we buy that car, that house, or should we move to this location? What should we do in this area? Uh, how should we educate our children? Should we have children? These are questions. God, what do you have? Where should we serve? Where should we minister at uh, as uh, a part of the body of Christ? So people ask these questions about the will of God. What should I do as far as the will of God? But I've discovered some misconceptions about the will of God. So allow me to share some of these with you. Misconceptions before I read the scripture to you. Many think an open door automatically means God's will. No, that's not true. Uh, An open door could lead you down uh, the wrong room. So an open door does not uh, mean the will of God. Here's another misconception. The most comfortable route must be the will of God. Here's another misconception. Knowing God's will is just for the super spiritual the teachers, the worship pastors, the preachers, whatever, the missionaries, evangelists, they, the will of God is for them, 
and uh, not for the common man. That's a misconception. Uh, another misconception, uh, God can't use me for I'm a nobody. I'm too old or I'm too young or I don't have the physical capabilities. I'm not talented enough. And so we have this misconception of God's will. Or uh, this is not a misconception as more much as it is a statement. You never retire from following God's will. You, uh, you may retire from your uh, career, but you never retire until you're out of here for uh, God's will. Um, and here's another misconception. God is going to do what God is going to do whether I'm on board or not. We just figure God has it all worked out. He's just going to work the plan and he doesn't need me or it doesn't change anything. These are misconceptions that we have concerning God's will. Um, what is God's will? That's uh, uh, another question. I was joking with the pastors this morning. We got here early to pray. I said, I'm going to tell each individual what God's will is for their life. Starting over here with Carl and Christy, I'm going to tell them God's will, and then I'm going to go all the way across the room. Uh, do, you, do you have any friends like that, that God has a wonderful plan for your life, but they have the will of God for your life? Do you have anybody like that? I have those people, and uh, it's interesting. But the, the will of God is is the revealed plan of God for mankind and individuals. It's God's purposes fulfilled through a body, a group, or through individuals. And there's two kinds of wills uh, that we see in the Scripture. First of all, there's the sovereign will of God, the set will of God. And uh, in other words... The sun rises, the sun sets. Uh, you uh, drop something from uh, up high, it's going to drop. The law of gravity. You've got certain things that are just the sovereign will of God. Oxygen for life. We don't have to worry that when we get up in the morning, we take a deep breath, there's going to be oxygen. These are part of the sovereign will of God. Here's another thing in the sovereign will of God. All men, uh, God's will is for all men to be saved, uh, to come to repentance. Also, God's sovereign will is for everybody to, uh, 7 billion people plus on this planet, to draw close to him and get their life and sustenance from him. These are part of the sovereign will of God. I don't have to... Make that up, that's just what it is. But you know the sovereign will of God. What about the personal will? Uh, what does God have for me personally? A specific uh, part that he has for me to play out in all of history. Um, by his spirit, he drew you to him. At salvation, he took up residence inside of you, making you the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
and he placed you, get this, in a particular point in history, in a geographical location. I think some of you in this room thinking, if you'd have told me I'd end up in Round Rock, Texas someday, you would think, oh, I'm baffled by that. But God knew, and he has a personal plan for you at this point in history, at this location, in your neighborhood, in your job, in your school, that he wants to use you. So, with this in mind, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, beginning with verse 10, and reading through verse 16. Please follow along. You may want to keep your Bibles open and mark some notes in there. It says this, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. What are these things he's talking about? Well, back up in the chapter 2, he's talking about the mysteries of God, salvation uh, through Jesus Christ. You know, Paul said it another time. He said, the wisdom of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is life, life-giving to those who have been saved. And so what, what I want you to hear today is that God, in his incredible way of doing things, has revealed this mystery and this salvation. How he's done it? Through his Holy Spirit that indwells us. Let me go on. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Verse 13, And we impact, impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things but it is himself to be judged by no one. Verse 16. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Get this. But we have the mind of Christ. Okay? So we're talking about the will of God that's imparted by the Holy Spirit into the life of those believers who follow Jesus Christ. So does God have a personal plan for you? Yes, he does. And all of you in this room, God has a personal plan. But I want to uh, explain and unpack this four roles that the Holy Spirit has according to Paul at this point. You'll see more in the uh, Gospels and the letters Jared spoke a, a few weeks ago on 
the hope that is in the Holy Spirit and the prayer that is in the Holy Spirit, we're just unpacking the Holy Spirit. And so there's four things that Paul brings forth here, and you might want to write these down. Number one is the Spirit searches. What does he search? He searches the deep things of God. Notice what the scripture says in verse uh, 10 and 11. He searches everything, even the depths of God. What is he searching for? He is searching to reveal the mysteries of God in our lives. He searches out what is not of God in our lives so we can rid ourselves of those things. I don't know if you're like me. I assume you are like me. There are certain things in my life that are still not Christ-like. And what the Holy Spirit does, he searches out those things, and it's like a piece of wood that is rough and has splinters or knobs on it or whatever, and you take that sandpaper and you smooth it out. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. And it's not always... Uh, soothing, but he searches out those things. Uh, Also, he searches the counsel of God to give us uh, in our discerners what is the counsel of God. So number one, the Holy Spirit searches out the depths of God. Number two, the Spirit indwells every believer. You see, when I read the scriptures... It says, I cannot even come to Christ unless the Spirit draws me, and not only draws me, but indwells me. Now, you may, uh, I'm not totally against this, but I got to share with you a truth. A lot of times we say, have you asked Jesus into your heart? That is not, you cannot find scripture and verse on that. But there's a truth in there. Let me tell you your role. You repent and believe. And as you repent and believe, then his Holy Spirit comes and indwells you and makes you a new creation. Okay? You need to hear that because sometimes we say, Oh, just ask Jesus in your heart, and you, you'll go to heaven. Well, okay, Jesus, I want you in my heart. And there's never been true repentance. There's never been true belief, and we got to be careful with that. But the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. And, uh, and notice what the uh, Scripture says in verse 14. It says the natural person. Uh, the Holy Spirit, the, the, let me put it this way, the person who is not a follower of Jesus is the natural person on our planet, okay? Uh, Paul said that. We think that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are the natural people, but what happens is when you take the spirit of the world, the spirit of the flesh, your default is always to go to the flesh and the natural things of the world. But when you have the spirit of Christ indwelling you, 
what happens is you start discerning and thinking like God because the Spirit indwells you. Now, here's my point that I want to make, and I want you to hear this. We often get upset with the world when they don't act Christian, okay? Listen, the natural part of living on this planet when you're not a believer is the flesh. So it's hard to expect a normal, natural, unchristian world that doesn't have the Spirit of God. They're not going to act Christian. They may do good deeds, but they are not going to act Christian. That's why we cannot be dependent on a secular government to govern correctly according to God's plan. Yes, we, we pray for our government. Yes, I am so grateful to live in the United States of America. But I cannot expect the government to legislate morality because it is the Spirit of God that inhabits us as believers to live a particular way. Do you you understand that? Okay? But he indwells every believer. The Spirit of God indwells every believer. And what does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit drew you at salvation and he indwells you, and he begins a good work in you that will be completed at the day we stand before Christ Jesus. He gives us an enabling and a discernment and the temperament of Christ. We can squelch or quench the Holy Spirit, which is to our detriment. And I I think, how many times have I offended the Holy Spirit of God, and I'm just doing it in my flesh? Let me tell you who is the most miserable person on our planet. You ready? It's not the impoverished. It's not the handicapped or whatever. It's the, it's the carnal believer. It's not the person that's completely lost in living according to their fleshly nature. It's not the spirit-filled Christian who's walking close to God. It is the carnal, the one man that has one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Because the Holy Spirit is going to make you uh, convicted and miserable until you respond. And the world is going to keep screaming at you. And so you're getting pulled apart. So the most miserable person on the planet is the believer that's living in a carnal state. So, number three. The Spirit teaches. Notice in verse 13, he said, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches. He interprets spiritual truths to us. He enables us to discern what is right and what is wrong. He speaks to us especially through his word. I want you to know You want to know the will of God for your life? Probably 95% is already spelled out in God's word. Let me give you a point. 
Should I become a believer in Jesus Christ? Is it God's will? Well, yeah, it's God's will. God says, it's not my will that any perish, but all come to repentance. Oh, so that's the will of God for my life. Should I love my enemies, those that uh, dislike me? Yes, Jesus himself said, you've heard it said before, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. So, yes, you love your enemy. Um, should I marry or date an unbeliever? No, you should not. The Bible says you should not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Well, why is that, Mark? Uh, because a marriage is to move in harmony Together, if you've got a believer and an unbeliever, you're going to eventually do this because it's the foundation of your life. And, and Mark, that's kind of mean. Uh, no, it's for your good that God has set that in motion. Um, should I buy that expensive car or house or boat or whatever? Well, maybe. But I can tell you, if you put yourself under strangling debt, it's, it's against God's will. How about this? Should I share and serve my neighbors or classmates or work associates? Yes. I mean, the scriptures uh, tell us, we, uh, Jesus himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Yes, you serve your neighbors, you serve your classmates, you serve your family. This is what you're called to do. Now let me get deeper. Should I leave my wife because I have now met my true soulmate? No. God's word is crystal clear on that. So, work it out. You know, uh, the scriptures are clear on that. One more. Should I have physical relationships with my girlfriend or boyfriend? We love each other. Should we have physical intimacy together? No. The scriptures are clear that it's for the wedding bed only. And so uh, I'm just laying out God's will to you that's already written out there. So 90 plus percent is in God's word already. Will God go against his word? No, he will not go against his word. Next week, we're going to talk about how God speaks through his Holy Spirit to us. But I felt like we needed to unpack this first. Number four, if you're keeping up, uh, that point was teaches. For the Spirit matures believers. The Spirit matures believers. The Spirit gives us discernment as we walk out our daily lives. He is growing us day by day. 
The fruit of the Spirit is becoming more evident in our life. Uh, Here's a thought that I had come to my brain, and I just boldened it. We must look, hear this, we must look not only different from the world, but we should look different than we did a year ago. You ought to be maturing in your faith and growing in your faith. And then notice what he said in verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. So we can live, when we're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we actually begin to think like Jesus. We begin to see others as Jesus sees them. That's what Paul lays out as the role of the Spirit in these verses, these six verses. But how do I apply that today? I I never want you to walk out of here without applying. Four quick things in application. Number one is this. Write down realization. Realization. We must come to the point of understanding that God loves us that God has provided all we need through Jesus Christ. He's given us enabling and and discernment through his Holy Spirit. And God has a calling and a plan for every believer. Okay? Why do I say that? Because we think, oh, Mark, when were you called into the ministry? When were our pastors called into the ministry? I want you to know I'm a firm believer that if there's 300 people in this room, 400, that you are all called. Now, our missions fields vary, but you are all called. So realization that the Holy Spirit has a calling on your life. Number two, intimacy. Intimacy. We cannot understand God's plan for our lives if we are not close to him right now. People want to know, oh, 10 years. I am, I am not a great visionary leader. If somebody says, Mark, give us a five-year plan. Give us a 10-year plan. I just scratch my head and, and I try to make something up so I don't look crazy. But I, I want you to know that if we're not walking with Christ close right now, daily, we're not going to see his movement 10 years from now. It begins in a daily walk with Christ. In other words, the best thing you can do is not to seek God's will, but to seek to know him. Let me, let me say that one more time. Because we get so stressed out on knowing God's will. The best thing you can do is not to pray to know God's will, but to pray to know him and to know him better. Because when you're walking with him, you're automatically going to be walking in God's will for yourself today.
Number three. Oh, let me, let me say this. Uh, you remember John the Baptist had disciples as well. And two of those disciples, uh, he said, you go follow Jesus. And so they're following Jesus, and Jesus is walking in front of them, uh, and the scripture says, and Jesus turns, and he asks these disciples, what is it you want? What is it you seek? I mean, what a great question from Jesus. What do you, is it you seek? And this was their answer. Where are you staying at? Now that sounds, it's question, answering question. Where are you staying at? But what literally they were saying is, we want to be where you are. We want to be where you are. Believer in Jesus, if you're a believer today, I mean a sold-out believer in Jesus Christ, you want to be where he's at. So, number three, obedience. Obedience. If you are faithful in your daily walk with Christ, he can entrust you with more. He can entrust you with more if you're being faithful daily. God very seldom, as I read the scriptures, gave somebody the whole picture. Abraham, he just said, Abraham, go, and I'll take care of you. Moses, eventually you're going to deliver my people, but you just need to go. And what about Joseph in the Old Testament? Can you imagine if Jesus, uh, God told Joseph, okay, Joseph, here's what's going to happen. Your brothers are going to sell you into slavery. They're going to put you in a cistern. They're going to give you some slave traders. They're going to take you down to Egypt. They're going to uh, sell you to uh, Potiphar. And what's going to happen is is his wife is going to make a move on you. You're going to resist that move. You're going to end up in prison again, and this is what you're going to do. But eventually, I'm going to deliver you, and you're going to uh, bring your, uh, the people down to Egypt. Good night. I could not do that. I would say, oh, my brothers are going to do what? I mean, and you're going to stop right there. I know in my life, if God would have said, when I was a young man in the ministry, oh, this is what you're going to go through to get to where you are. I would say, "Ah, time out, I don't want to do that. But if you're willing to say today, God, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. The last one is this, realization, intimacy, obedience, submission. Submission. Say yes before the mission is given. Say yes before the mission is given. That's what submitting means, submitting to Christ. Your will, not my will, be done. If you must have certain conditions met, you probably won't attend, attempt God's direction. And one last thought under submission. God is looking more to your availability than to your ability. He just wants you to be willing. 
And as you submit to him today, you see that God... And then what happens is this. Ten years from now, you look back at your path and you think, oh, God, you carried me there. You carried me there. I, I wouldn't have made it through without the body of Christ. You carried me, you carried me, you carried me. But the call is to walk today, submit today. I want to ask Rodney and the team to come up as I try to land this just a moment. You know, many of you have been through hard times in your life and you're thinking, did God, was that God's will? Was that God's will? And, uh, you know, when I look at uh, this current part of the journey that uh, uh, I'm on and Pam and I are on, um, is it God's will for me to have a crippling disease? That's, that's what sometimes people go to. Is it God's will for you to have a crippling disease. I know this. I know that I live on a fallen planet. I know that people die. I know that we are broken and flawed because of the sin nature. I know that uh, uh, some of you have addictive patterns and some of you have gone through uh, chaotic things and uh, I, I live in a broken world. So, uh, I can't expect to not go through the things that this broken world goes through. I hate it. I hate this stuff. Uh, I, I do not like it at all. And uh, is it God's will for my life? I know this. I know that for some reason, God trusts me to walk this out. Uh, I don't know why. I just know it's to give him glory and uh, honor. And uh, uh, so whether he had caused it or allowed it, uh, where else do I got to go? I'm just going to follow you, Lord, in the midst of this. And uh, the, the thing is, how, Mark, can you give uh, thanksgiving and glory to God in in the midst of this when you got to have somebody to help you get around uh, how can you be thankful well the scripture says this it says in all things uh, in all things with thanksgiving in all things with thanksgiving it doesn't say for all things it says in all things and so whatever you're walking through you can know that God of the universe trusts you to walk through what you're going through did he cause it I, I, I listen I believe in healing I believe in in God uh, uh, using doctors I believe in all that um, and I pray for that but if I live all my life fretting about my situation instead of God, you be glorified, I'm wasting my time. I'm miserable. 
And so I, I say to you today that God has a will and a purpose for you. And he wants, he wants to fulfill his purposes through us and through you as an individual.